Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. It's Bears Nation, baby. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation podcast. All right, Bears Nation podcast. Yes, it is me, Kevin Lapka, hosting this show. Now, because Jake Hassan is doing big boy things. Yes, he does work at the number one radio station, sports radio station in the city of Chicago. So he is obligated to miss a few episodes. But we're joined by Justin Kaufman, executive producer, and he's going to have a great time with us today. Justin, how are we doing? That's right. What's up, man? How are you, buddy? Let's go. I'm looking forward to this. You don't get to talk Bears too often, do you? I mean, you did that show last year, right? Yeah, it sucks too because um, last year I did a ton of stuff, but this year I've been writing a lot for Axios because that's where my day job is. And it, you know, to be honest, it got really, um, it's getting really boring (laughs) to write about the Bears, you know, because I write about everything, you know, I'll write about every news story and talk about war remaps and and violence numbers. And then I'll get the the Bears beat. I'm like, oh, this is psyched. I'm psyched. I get to, uh, I get to, you know, write about the Bears. And then I'm like, then they do the clunker type games on Thanksgiving. And you're like, this is not fun. Like, this is the opposite. Don't you like wins, Justin? Don't What's you like wrong wins, with the win? Right? I mean, good, ridiculous, uh, completely ridiculous game on Thursday. And I had a, a story where I couldn't really watch most of it because it was Thanksgiving and where we were at, like the the relatives that we that hosted cut the cord. So there was no fuck. Oh, but I watched enough of it, like, and, and listen in, in a in actual transit that uh, I got the gist of it. <laughs> that game would have been better if you just saw the ESPN notification that it said game start. And then you saw the notification that said bears win 16, 14. You probably would have had a better time just looking at two notifications than watching that for three and a half hours. But Hey, at least they didn't ruin your Thanksgiving. Yeah. Bears, before I get started too, uh, you know, Spotify does this rap thing every year. They kind of go over, uh, you know, your numbers and as podcast creative, uh, you know, they gave us our listening numbers and uh, just want to shout out some of the listeners here because we were up 185% in our stream, up 159% in streams, up 82% in listeners and up 56% in followers. And uh, for all you who listen to this show live or after the fact on Apple, Spotify, whatever it may be, we appreciate you guys tuning in. So a little shout out to all of you listeners uh, who dedicate your valuable time. There's actually 10 listeners who listened on their birthday. Uh, so for some reason, people listen to this silly show on the birthday. I thought that was kind of an interesting statistic. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about Bears Cardinals today because whether Justin likes it or not, whether Jake likes yeah. it or not, the Bears are one game back from the playoffs. And oh, before yeah. and we're not and uh, we're not even going to we're not even going to go into that. We're just going to evaluate this game, not think about the implications. And because you know what's you know what's going to happen to me, Justin, I'm going to get excited. I'm going to get my hopes. I'm going to think about oh, they have a shot. And come 3.30 on Sunday, I'm going to be let down, laying on the floor, face down, as I always do. Uh, but it's yeah. – it's uh, yeah. I mean, are you excited for this game? I mean, come on. It's you still got to be a little, little bit excited. I mean, it's exciting bit. because it's – yeah, you're playing against the number one seed in the NFC. That, I guess you could say, is a, a good thing. Uh, you are um... – what else can I say? That's that's, that's about it. Like, Tyler's coming back. I mean, that that it like that's the, what Jake said too. Is 
I think actually Shane said this. He's like, no matter what the record is, yeah, the Bears are going to sell tickets because it's now Justin Fields versus X player. You know, yeah. Justin versus Kyler. That's two really young, good mobile quarterbacks to have a lot in common. Justin versus Russell Wilson at the end of the year. Although the Seahawks are garbage, people are going to turn out for that because of the comparisons between them is two. Is Fields so. going to play though? Like, I don't. So like that's the, the question. I don't like the dance they're doing already. It's this this idea that he's back, but he's not back. It's. It, it doesn't really matter. Like, it'd be one thing if you're like, oh, this is such a strategist. What a chess player. And we get on the field and we pulverize the the, the, the yeah. opponent. But it never works. And it never, no, it never works anything to, to give us any competitive advantage. If anything, it puts us behind the eight ball. So it's like maybe 180 it and say, Justin's not great. He's not ready to go. So I think <laughs> we're going to go with Andy Dalton and just stop playing the mind games. I, I mean, it's a lot harder to want to watch a Cardinals-Bears matchup with Andy Dalton as quarterback. It kills everything you just yes. mentioned about Shane. Shane mentioned everyone last week about we gotta we gotta watch the young phenom versus the young phenom. If it's Andy Dalton, what is the what? You tell me. If it's Andy Dalton starting on Sunday, what is there to watch? What are you well, watching for in a game that at, that features Andy Dalton versus Kyler Murray? Well, at that point, I mean, they're they're looking at the young players, but the silver lining become like at, at this given point though, you're still looking to watch for a win because of the playoff situation, but. The, the positive thing about having a rookie quarterback like Justin Fields is if you do lose, there's always a silver lining. It's did this kid develop? And when he does in the games where he they lose and he doesn't develop, like you look back at the Cleveland games, you're like, shit, like that's when things are really bad. But if they lose, your rookie quarterback looks better. You you feel you almost feel it's almost a, a win in certain in certain people's minds because that's all that matters going forward. But with Andy Dalton, I mean. You're looking for the playoff win, but if you don't get it, there is zero silver lining unless Donna Mooney catches, you know, yeah. 10 balls for 250 yards. I, you know, I, I look at the the one, and I know that you're an optimistic guy. You're an optimistic guy. Hey, look at this. Look, read the sweatshirt. What does it, it say? What does it say? It says optimist. Um, okay, I, I'll give you that. The hard part when you see the, you know, and I saw your tweets about, you know, that the, that the, Fox uh, broadcast is showing who's in the hunt and the bears. The hunt, up on I don't know what you're complaining about. We're in the hunt. <laughs> We're not in the hunt. We're in the hunt. What I see, you see that as optimism. What I see, the pessimistic side of it is the teams that are at the top of the division, the teams that we should be competing against are the Packers, uh, are the 49ers that are in that mix. Uh, here come, you know, the, the, the Buccaneers uh, the, and the Cardinals. And so far, if you look at all the teams that are in the uh, NFC position right now, they've all kicked our ass, like yep. across the board. They're not even close games. And so, I mean, maybe you could say the Packers game was close. At, at yeah, 49ers game was kind of close too. But... Yeah, but at the end, it really wasn't. I mean, the point is, those were those are playoff teams that right. are playing playoff football. So to say we're in the hunt, yet we haven't beat anybody remotely close that's actually above us, that's the part where I'm like, man, this is fool's gold. And we're only in the hunt because there's a lot of bad teams in the NFC. So then does your evaluation of this team change if they some if they keep it close against Arizona or win? Or then do you have the outlook, well, it's one game, anyone can win any given Sunday. They're now one in four against that good NFC competition. How would you evaluate it if they win? Because I think, teams I think do the, grow. The, okay, so the Cardinals, the Cardinals game to me is an important game because you're playing against the number one um, seed. team in but the I, NFL. That's the number one team in the NFL. NFL. But I also would would also caution that a win against the team is is them looking past us, like they they don't have any respect for us in the case. The one that matters to me is the game that is on Sunday Night Football in two weeks against yeah. the Packers at Lambeau. That's a litmus test. That's it. That's it for Matt Nagy. If he if he goes in there and he does it again. 
where they are terrible on Sunday night football and the announcers are talking about their home lives by the third quarter because they got nothing else to talk about in the game. He got to go off the bus, right? I mean, off the, I'm, I'm, I hate to sound like a broken record. I was actually one of the enthused uh, people watching all the, the rumors swirl last week because I was like, good, finally some movement. This guy's got to go. And even the win sure. against the Lions, it was an embarrassing win. I know it's a win. But you came this close to losing to a team that is 0-9, 0-9-1. And you did it on national TV on Thanksgiving Day, and it was embarrassing. It was in, watching the Raiders and the Cowboys and then watching even the Saints and the Bills. Like the Saints are, 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 have a lot of injuries. You see teams that have their shit together. Right. The Bears do not have their shit together. Dalton can't throw the ball. They're, they're ugly. Turnovers are terrible. They are not a fun team to watch. They're just not. And I'm, I'm you know, I I'm love the Bears. And every day I'm like, and I've been having some soul searching to be like, why do I, because I love this city and I love Chicago, have to subscribe to this football team? Mm-hmm. Because it is such an awful experience to watch them not play football at a professional or an, a, at a, an elite level. They never do. Even when they're they're Super Bowl bound, they have Rex Grossman and you're like, this is kind of embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've yeah. never done, like, since the 85 Bears, they're not even in it. And, and you can even pick apart the teams that went to the playoffs and be like, that wasn't a great team. The 2001 team under Dick Duran was terrible. So they were, uh, they were exposed in the playoff. The 2007 Super Bowl team, come on, man, with Rex Grossman handing it off to Cedric Benson. You saw how that fell apart. And then any Jay Cutler team that made the playoffs was a joke. They've never <laughs> been a team that like will go sock somebody in the mouth and say, we're the better team on the field. They just don't do that in this organization. So I don't know. I don't know. I, that's the kind of football team I want. And I'm not sure I'm ever going to get it from a McCaskey-led well, I, I think they can do it. To, like you've seen them have games like that. You, and some things that, you know, come to mind are Buccaneers game 2018, Rams game 2018. I mean, they went out there and socked those teams in the mouth. But mo- a majority of those games where you do see that happen is because you're winning 13 to three, you know, and yeah. the defense is socking them in the mouth. But you've never, ever, rarely, aside again from that Buccaneers game and a few others, have seen games where the offense is socking them in the mouth. And that's what, and, and quite frankly, the reason why you say that, you know, why do we have to succumb to watching this team every week and, and you know, succumb our eyes to this? Well, it, you know, the reason why it's so frustrating, why it's so not enjoyable, because everyone, and I've said this for weeks, understands that in this age of NFL, you want to see high-powered offense. I don't, you would, everyone, whether they like it or not, would rather see a top offense and an average defense versus a top defense and an average offense. And everyone should want that because that's how you win in today's NFL. And when yeah. you don't get that, and, it, and and the reason why it's frustrating is because it's a comparison game. Because you sit, like you just mentioned, you sit and you watch Bears-Lions for three hours, and then you sit and watch three hours after that of great offensive football, 66 points on the board, go to overtime, every possession is a touchdown, and you're like, and, and, and that comparison is just yeah. so... The difference is so drastic, and that's what makes it frustrating. And I, there are people like myself included. I'll sit down and I'll watch those games, and I and I literally think to myself, how can the New York Jets put up 34 points? How can these teams score so consistently? It's like a mystery. It's like we don't even know. It's like we don't even know what it's like to do that on a consistent basis. And when you see even the worst teams in the NFL, the Dolphins, the Texans sometimes do it, put up more points than you throughout the course of a year. Yeah, it's going to hurt. Well, so, it's gonna, I mean, the Bears put up 16 points to beat the Lions. I mean, yeah, let's just point it out that even with all of the strife and all of the, the rally around the – let's circle the wagons. Let's be, let's get rid of these distractions. Let's, let's 
find out who we are. They still only put up 16 points yeah. on the lifeless Lions who essentially handed the game to the Bears because they're worse than the Bears are. Okay, here, here's what I've, I – at a certain point, you have to look at it as a fan and say, all right, so the Bears have invested their money into some pretty elite athletes, Justin Fields being one of them, uh, Khalil Mack on the other side, and Roquan Smith, the defensive player, and Allen Robinson, who's the wide receiver. All four of those probably – we know that Mack's not going to play. This possible this right now that neither of the other three play. And that to me is like, I mean, part of football and what I love about this game is there's a lot of luck involved. Teams right. that have their starters not get injured and stick around usually are teams that are over 500 and get a chance to go to the playoffs. Usually when a Bears team is good, it's because nobody's getting hurt, right? It really yep. look into the, the past of Bears stuff. Some of the teams like the Patriots or uh, even, you know, Raven some of the other teams that are perennial winners, they figured out how to, the scheme wins they can do it without, you know, big in without uh, all their stars. But in Chicago, you got to be almost injury free. And this is not the year for that. The Bears have had a ton of injuries. They are they they must have. I mean, I, I can't even th think about all, Eddie Jackson just came back. It was nice to see him back doing nothing. Yeah. But he, you know, you could see like all of the defensive players from Khalil Mack to not, Roquan. I saw a headline today that was probably the most depressing headline I saw all week, which is. Bears not sure if they're going to put Roquan Smith on IR. You're like, that would oh, be right. the worst, right? I mean, yeah. if that's the only reason we watch is to watch these athletes, not even the team anymore. Right. And so if Roquan Smith is out because they're like, what's the point? He, he, he tore a hamstring. Why rest him back? We suck. If Justin Fields are like his ribs are, what's what's the point? Play Andy Dalton. Then what's the point of watching? Right. <laughs> I mean, that. no, you're, you're, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. If they don't have Roquan Smith in this game, I, I'll – they're going to lose about right I mean, now. If he get went on the IR right now, they'd still make him a pro bowl nod for the season. He, he had, I would imagine he would, and he deserves to be an all pro. If he does finish the season, I can understand why they wouldn't, if he you know doesn't, but you, you have a, you have a really George bliss. Dalton stays true? next year that I don't know if I've ever seen that take before. Don't know if why I've not? ever seen. I mean, isn't he, honest, isn't he on a two year deal? No, one year, ten million. I'm pretty sure. So it's, I, yeah, no, that's not happening. Uh, don't need it. Goodbye. But the so looking at this game, Bears Cardinals now. Okay. Um, the injuries are question. Uh, Justin Fields, as far as what we know today, Wednesday, December first, uh, return to practice, and they call it quote a pain tolerance thing. So what will what what what's going to happen is, you know, so there's there, but there are people who have their issues with that because. You know, like you kind of mentioned, just go out there and tell us, is the rib injury destructive enough for him to to not play or not? Like, I understand, and I think what a lot of people are going to point to, myself included, is last year in the semifinal game of the college football playoff, Justin Fields, I don't, he, it wasn't cracked ribs that he had, but he got destroyed by uh, what was, uh, I forget the name of the Clemson defender. Uh, he got ejected for it, I think, later. But uh, you know, everyone thought I thought watching that game, I thought he was going to be gone yeah. out, comes back, throws like three touchdowns after getting lit up in the ribs right. and he's holding every time. But this is not the college football player, semi player. <laughs> this is uh, a game against the Cardinals. But right. the, I think Justin Fields is such a good athlete and such a strong player that I think he will be capable of playing if he's already practicing at this given point and it's a pain tolerance thing. You know what they have in the NFL, they've got enough meds and, and things to yeah. get you over the pain. But the question becomes, like I mentioned, is this going to damage his ribs further 
to where you're looking at issues going into next year and years forward. That's where you weigh the balance. I feel like that's been our, our, every time Justin Fields hobbles off the field, there'll be haters that are like, he shouldn't play at all. Why why get hurt? I I don't like the fact that the Bears today said he's limited, it's a pain thing, but Andy's going to take the starting reps. Again, if he can play, don't let let Fields walk up there and take all the reps and then afterwards go, how did it hold up? I don't understand why Andy Dalton is playing with the ones. They should know what he does. I don't understand why he needs to get reps with Darnell Mooney or Allen Robinson. I, I, that's the part I don't understand. That, that, and, and the idea that, that it, it, there's any place where Matt Nagy thinks he could win with Andy Dalton over Justin Fields. It, I mean, again, he is proving to us as a fan base that this is not the coach we want. He, he probably didn't want Justin Fields to begin with. He's a guy who's like, I like yeah. I like my uh, trying through redheads who who throw four-yard curls. That's my thing. That's that's <laughs> I liked Alex Smith in Kansas City. I didn't like the Mahomes kid behind him. You know, like there's a lot of that where you're like, right. I don't know what to say, man. I, I just I here's what I'll tell you about the Arizona Cardinals. This is what I know about them. They are a team where Kyler Murray and I don't know if Hopkins plays. He's been out, but it's, he's going to play. Up. He's practicing already. I think he's going to play. Yeah. So he's coming off a of bye week. This is a team that has figured out with their young coach how to run their offense. And so they run it how they want. And the NFL has now caught up to them. And that's kind of like what Nagy was in 2018, where the first year everyone's like, what is he doing? What's all this stuff? What What is this quarterback doing? How are we supposed to? Oh, we play him this way. And then in the next three years, they, he can't adjust. Right now, nobody has figured out how to adjust on Kyler Murray, and he's putting up some monster points. But the strength of the Cardinals right now is their defense. Their defense is top 10, maybe, and it's it's a defense that runs to the ball. It's fast. It's it's They, they got the – was it Buda Baker as, a, as the safety? Mm-hmm. They're, they're a good defense, and they've got a lot – they got stacked linebackers, and they're they're ready for a playoff push. And that's what scares me the most is if, if Justin Fields is not healthy – Maybe not the best to let a young defense that likes to blitz come after you and, and do what the Cleveland Browns did to him in week four or whatever that was. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the pass projection has got better since that time. Uh, but you are facing this is probably the most talented defense you face since that time. So you have to you have to evaluate both of those things. What you mentioned about the buy too, they're actually 0 3 off the buy since 2018, the Arizona Cardinals are. So that's kind of an interesting thing uh yeah. to follow. What is the Bears? Now, the Bears have to be 0 4. I think I don't think Nagy's won a buy game an after a buy game. That was last week or the, the week after when he lost to the Ravens. Like they're they yeah, were throwing they one after. I don't think he's ever won a bye week, the week after a bye. No, the Bears haven't won like seven straight times or something off a of bye. Nagy hasn't. Um, Maybe it's a rhythm thing. So, I don't. But that's what scares I me mean, the most. Is that this Bears team falls behind. Kyler Murray gets the Hopkins back for the first time in in weeks. They get up seven to nothing. They get up ten to nothing. Thirteen to nothing. I, I'm scared for the Bears that it's a blowout. And and let's say it is. Let's say that the Cardinals prove do exactly what Tampa did to the Bears. It's over. It's thirty-eight to three, forty-one to ten, something like that. It's lifeless. What do you do then if you're a Bears fan? You just watch the cream of the crop. I mean, this is a litmus test to see if the Bears can actually play with the best in the league and they get blown out of there in that stadium. What do you think? I mean, at that point, do you just say, all right, enough is enough? Well, I mean, we've been saying that so long, but they're always people are going to always get drawn back to it. They're, they're, for some reason, they're going to get drawn back to it. I mean, if even if they lose in large fashion, again, there's going to be – Bears fans are they're ridiculous and they're they're brainwashed quite frankly and the McCaskies have brainwashed every single Bears fan. Now the it, now the, I frankly 
I don't think they're going to get blown out because the reason the reason why I say that is all four of those major blowouts from NFC teams, you know, aside from – I'm not going to consider the Packers game a blowout because that game was close to the end and it was that yeah. late Rodgers score that put my 4-14. But yeah. Bears-Rams, 34-14 in L.A. Bears-Bucks, 38-3, you know. Uh, in Tampa. They lost to the 49ers in Tampa, exactly. So – where, is the card the, is the game at Soldier Field or is it Arizona? Yeah, it's at home. And that's why, and right. this is and going back to why Bears fans are brainwashed is Justin, the stadium's gonna be packed. It's gonna be a yeah. sold out card at Soldier Field because the graphic went viral on Twitter. People want to see Justin Fields, and everyone already has their tickets bought. You know, yeah. no one's buying no. tickets at this given Soldier moment, Field, and they're well, just at Kevin, this point hoping. Not unlike Ohio State, where you uh work at and, and do everything. I mean, it's an experience to go to Soldier Field. I mean, people go down there to the tailgate. They go down there. They well, right. buy those tickets in advance. Their season ticket holders right. don't give a fuck. They don't care if they win or lose. And exactly. We have not been in a, in a situation where teams – maybe when it gets cold out, when it's negative 10, you know, that's when you'll see Bears fans don't want to go see a 4-12 and 12 Bears team. But for most, for the most part in Chicago, those are hard tickets to get. There will be people yes, there because it's a total hard. experience. That's that that is I mean everyone talk about Arlington Heights and all that kind of stuff and I get that there's a lot of infrastructure issues getting in and out of Soldier Field but the actual experience of of a Bears fan like that's a full day experience there's not a lot of experiences like that that's why people go to Wrigley Field they don't care Patrick Wisdom mm-hmm. and crew is on the field uh, yeah. the soccer don't have an right right uh, the the Bulls are another example of an experience where just up to last year was the first year they weren't tops in attendance they're now back being tops in attendance because they have a, a product in the field and because the experience of going to the United Center to see the Bulls is, is iconic. So the, they got it. To, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like McCaskey's don't understand that they understand how to put a good entertaining thing together like the, or maybe right. the fans do. It's just, the problem is we're always let down about what's actually on the field. And then it's no different this year. I, I just, I get, you know, I don't like to be embarrassed like as a fan, well, no one does. A, like if you lose, like if you're a Cowboys fan, you lost that game to the Raiders on Thanksgiving. You're not embarrassed about it. No, it was a good game. You almost got it. You're like, damn it. You can be pissed. You can, you can be mad about it, but you're not walking away embarrassed like Cleveland Browns or Cincinnati Bengals embarrassed right now. The Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals are, are the, the Chicago bears are the 2021 version of that. And, <laughs> and you've seen these teams that are like that. I mean, the, the they're going to be in the hunt. The bears aren't in the hunt. You could say they are, but four and seven is, is not acceptable for a major market in 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 sports, no. and they should be not ashamed of themselves for for a record like that and losing games that they should have won. They are, I don't know, as a Bears fan, I'm starting to get real sick and tired of of this ethos, like the the philosophy, the 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 dry, the everything about the tone of this team. Like it's not fun to watch, and and so I wonder it won't be about who's in the stands at Soldier Field. It'll be about the outside the stuff like us watching on TV or people not buying their shit for Christmas. That's how I do it. Right. Well, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I ain't buying anything. You know, Alan Robinson Jersey on my back this year. You know, you know no. I tell my family, don't you dare buy a Khalil Mack Jersey, anything with a bear. Justin on Fields Jersey though. Nope. Uh-uh. Really? Not until they win. I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't need a Justin Fields jersey. I don't want any Bears paraphernalia until they have a winning record. So you lose all yeah. of that income that I'd be buying for my brother, uh, get something for my dad, get a stocking cap for my son, whatever it might be. I'm not doing any of that shit because the product on the field is is uh, actually below par, subpar. So they but lose. do you think they that's actually realistic? 
Do you think at, because we've been, we've been talking about this for years now? You gotta you gotta make a statement, man. You gotta make a statement to ownership by not buying their product, and everyone thinks that's a grand idea, and it's it's never actually realistic because they have so many different sources of income that a select yeah. group of people not buying their shit isn't gonna change anything, and that's why that's why it's fr- and that's I think part of what that has to do with is that that's the luxury of being in the Chicago market. Yeah. It, your global franchise and your third biggest city in the country there are people out there who don't care enough about the product in the field they just want to you know support the team because they want to be able to wear it to school or wear it to work because the logo looks cool or they like the colors and people are going to buy those things but the, the thing that i bring up is and i've said this for weeks now for months now is the difference if you're talking about income you're talking about money and you're talking about this is the things that the mccassies care about and they keep a you know a, a very close monitor on where their money is coming from and how they are getting it they will keep a monitor on how much of their current income is coming from one player and that's Justin Fields so they recognize that that's what matters to them and, and that's you're, home, and, and, you're an Ohio State and, homer you love Justin Fields that's, it's not wrong. it's not about it's not about Justin Fields though it's about yeah. the comparison to them valuing him more than Matt Nagy and them valuing him more than you know the other aspects and when it comes down to it that's why i think they're going to choose Justin Fields and what's best for his future over whatever allegiance they may have to Matt Nagy cuz that's what gets them the money that's important if that's and and clearly that's what they care about to a certain extent i don't know you probably say 90% of their care goes to the money 10% of their care goes to what results on the football field and if a good portion of that money is derived from one single player they they're not dumb enough to not take notice of that. And the thing yeah. that I brought up to Jake last week that I want to bring up again is, and the topic of, you know, Nagy and his future and whatever may happen. Think about what, in what world, in what scenario is Nagy here for as long as Justin Fields is here? I'm talking, you know, broad view, five years. Do you, there's no, even the McCaskies are smart enough to know there's no realistic uh, in any alternate universe that Matt Nagy would be here for at least Justin Fields' rookie contract. And the illusion I made to that was, look at all the greatest quarterbacks in this league for the most part. They've had the same head coach. Tom Brady and Belichick, Rodgers and McCarthy, you know, Breeze and Peyton, Flacco and Harbaugh. The list goes on. I mean, these like the greater quarterbacks in the league did not cycle through three different head coaches, you know, over a span of 10 years. And – if they value that and they recognize that, then yeah, Nagy's and, and they understand that. Then why would you even bring him back for one more year? Why would you even bring him back for two more years? Even if he just makes the playoffs this year, or even if he just gets back to eight, and nine or not an eight. So those are the things that, you know, we have to consider, but back to the game and, and what the Cardinals present. Something I find interesting is everybody is hyping up the fact that Kyler's back. Kyler's back. Let's go. You know, he's back. <laughs> he's been off injury. Yeah. He hasn't played since week eight. His last game in week eight was was not great. He threw for 274 yards, had two interceptions. He fumbled it, I think. He fumbled it one time. He actually fumbled four times in week six against Cleveland. They still won that game. But everyone has this assumption that, oh, yeah, he's back. He's going to return to form. And no one ever thinks about the fact that, oh, he's back, but he's coming off injury. He hasn't played football since week eight. And you stop, I think, but if you're the Bears, if you're the Bears, and let's say that you do not have Roquan Smith, and let's sure. say that you don't have Khalil Mack, and you're working with a, a couple of corners that you brought off the practice squad, 
What? How do? You, what's the game plan? What's Sean decides game plan to stop the Arizona Cardinals offense, which has some really great receivers, has that rookie kid from Purdue who hasn't done much, but is uh, more who's around, and and a pretty good running game with James Conner has become like uh, actually a go-to guy. I mean, he's putting two, three touchdowns up a game. Um, so how do you stop that offense, even if they're coming off injury? What? How do you attack it? How do you stop it? How do you how do you attack any of that? I mean, uh, to me, it's blitzing. I, honestly, like you want to catch a team off guard, this is the time to do it. Why? Because the Bears still rank second to last in the NFL in blitz percentage. So if Sean Desai set up a game plan and said the Arizona Cardinals do their homework, they know our blitz percentages, and then you go out there and you you know do what the Dolphins did to the Ravens a few weeks ago on Thursday Night Football and just blitz forty percent of the time, mm-hmm. you're going to catch a team off guard. And with Kyler coming off injury. You have the perfect opportunity to do that. I have a feeling they're going to run the ball heavy in the first quarter. Coming off injury, the running game's been working. Coming off the bye, let's get acclimated. Let's run the ball. Let's get into rhythm on offense. Then DeAndre Hopkins is healthy. Let's take our deep shots later and let's blow this team out of the water. That's what I think that's what they're thinking. Now, I could be wrong. Cliff Kingsbury is a smart guy. He could also say, screw it. We're coming out of here. We're throwing an ADR pop. Start it. We're taking our foot off the gas pedal. But I would more than likely say that former is going to be what is going to occur. So if I'm Sean Desai, quite frankly, if my one crit my one criticism of him all year has been his blitz percentages. I mean, I understand you don't have talented players to do a whole lot of you know corner blitzes and, and to go into nickel packages and blitz from those scenarios because you don't have the guys to do it. I get that. But you can't be second to last in that in that category, especially when, you know, at least before the past two weeks, they were their pressure rates have been low. I mean, Robert yeah. Quinn it could break the single-season sack record, but aside from that, their pressure rates haven't been great. I mean, Jared Goff had like an 80% completion percentage last week. He was sitting in the pocket all day. So, yeah, Robert Quinn might get a few sacks every once in a while. Your overall pressure has to be higher. And, Justin, you want to talk about watching fun football? You want to talk about what happens? Yeah, fun it mostly comes from the offensive side of the ball. Where else does fun happen? Takeaways. There's nothing more electrifying than a pick six. There's nothing more electrifying they, than a – I mean, the Bears are pretty much – Okay, so in 2018, the Bears were a takeaway machine. In 2019 – One of the best in NFL history. Yeah, 2019 and 2020, drip, um, drip, 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 nothing. This year has to be even worse. Like, I I, I just don't – are they are they turning the ball over, like, historically low? I, I, I feel like there's not a lot of plays that are being made on the defensive side of the ball. Once in a while, they're doing great. I think they're doing okay on third down where you're seeing a Robert Quinn get there and force the quarterback to throw it away. We saw that with Baker Mayfield. That should have been a 16 to nothing game for the Browns, but it was Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack that kept the bears in it. Um, But I mean, once you get past that and, and Roquan Smith stopping the run a little bit, I mean, God, you don't have the takeaways this team. And a lot of this has to go back to Ryan Pace. And I don't want to get all negative about it, but you look at the beginning of the year, you look at the offseason and how they were trying to get under the cap. The two places that they were weak and decided to roll the dice on were the offensive line, which has come together nicely in the last uh, couple weeks, but may have been the most atrocious offensive line in Bears history earlier in the season when they let Miles Garrett just go wild. And the secondary. They decided that the money they were going to cut would be Kyle Fuller, and they didn't upgrade at all. They, they rolled the dice on Vildor and Artie Burns and all these other kind of guys that kind of filled in at the end of last year, and they miraculously failed. This is not a good defense secondary, and you can't do it. Sean Desai can't blitz because he can't put Kendall Vildor on an island, and, and, and you're seeing it. And, it, and the secondary has got worse, and Eddie Jackson was exposed 
it is, I mean, it, there has to be some culpability has to be on the general manager to say, you made the, you rolled the dice that you could get away with having a second quarter that was kind of meh. And it blew up in your face in the way that you're seeing no takeaways, no turnovers. Uh, and now you bench the kid because you were completely wrong in the fact that you thought this guy could handle being a starter in the NFL. I mean, I don't, I don't think that sole decision though determines has determined their success here. And I mean, yes, it's, it's, it's influential for sure. Yeah, dude, but, I, I would, I would beg you. You're the, you're the statistician of this podcast. Go see how many times the bears have blown coverages and how many times that stacks up against the NFL average, because that blown coverage against the Ravens where they let Sammy Watkins open uh, at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, who does that in the NFL? That's anti level bullshit. That was bad. Where, but you do it with one minute to go in the game when the game's on the line against a backup quarterback. And you saw it in week one against the Rams completely out of place. That was bad. There's, that was... A, there's a lot. I mean, down the line, you're seeing bad. I could go down game after game and go, yeah, that was bad. They have been like historically bad as a secondary. Eddie yeah, Jackson I... didn't tackle at the beginning of the year. Then he got hurt. And he was out. Bill Doerr has been awful. So who's the, who's the, who's the, the nickel corner? Duke Shelley? Yeah, at times it's it's Duke rotating with who you know. Uh, what's the other guy's name? I'm blanking on. Come right on, now. dude. We're week 14 or whatever. <laughs> Who's the other guy's name? That's not a good sign. <laughs> Why am I blanking on it? You got yeah. I mean, this this not a good Christian maybe. No, nah, I mean Christian's just a he's a safety that plays nickel at times and dime packages. They they bring Dion Bush in. They they yeah Dion Bush sometimes. Honestly, I, I think I think one of the mistakes they made was uh, I don't Sherrick McMahon high or did he just get I can't remember Sherrick McMahon is one of the best special teams oh, players in yep. Bears history was a good you know filler third they stringer who would fill in a nickel and yeah maybe I don't remember if they wouldn't pay him or not um, he left but, and, and then they got rid of um, what was the uh, guy with the name that we could never pronounce it was I or E uh, Scrine Screen. Uh, buster screen uh scrying i can't remember what how to pronounce his name but he left uh and kyle fuller i mean the turnover three of the corners were gone from last year i mean manis was a starter but the that gives you an idea that they rolled the dice and again it goes back to this idea that who's rolling the dice at the gm level and the coaching staff to go you know what this is this will be our weak spot but i think we can handle it and then they can't handle it yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, I yeah, like you rolled the dice a little bit, but I like quite frankly, you still look at the defensive roster and you still look at the way they've played, and it, it hasn't been bad. Like it had, like from a scoring standpoint, it hasn't been bad. Like the defense has pretty much kept you in most of uh, most of these games to a point where in the fourth quarter, in the yeah. fourth quarter now, the defense has kept you in it with a chance to win. Aside from the anomalies, like. Yeah, Xavier Crawford. Xavier Crawford. Xavier Crawford. Come on. That's what we're talking about, Xavier Crawford. (laughs) But um, aside from Rams, Buccaneers, all those other games, man, were winnable in the fourth quarter thanks to the defense. One score games in the fourth quarter. So they haven't been historically bad. You're a young guy. And I I remember, I I, I always need to remember that you're probably a teenager when John Fox was the coach of this team. Yeah, I was. You're 17, 15, something like that. The John Fox knock before Mike, when they, when they were, whoever the quarterback was, even before Mike Glennon, I guess it was Cutler. It was like um, Matt Barkley for like a Yeah, game, right. A, the bullshit thing is the same thing where they would have a defense with Vic Fangio's defense that would keep them in the game. Right. And then they would 
completely break down with about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter when the game was winnable. Right. And, and why, well, why do you think that happens? Why do you think that? What's the, tr- there's a trend. There's a trend for why that happens. It, it, I why does it, it happen fun. every single yeah. time with eight minutes left in the game? Tell me why. Because I, because I think that there's, there's a part of the NFL, which is there's fatigue. Exactly. That has to be in a play. And there also just needs to be like, listen, there's a, a an understanding. There's a coach's understanding of what works and what doesn't. And you get to crunch time and they go, this has been working all day. Let's go to it. I'm talking about the opposing coach and they continue to go, but this is, this is not a good trend. It's not a good defense that keeps you in the game and then has to be relied upon with four minutes to play. I hate to remind you, you're, you're an optimist. How did the bears lose the playoff game against the Eagles? Everyone wants to point to Cody Parkey, but Cody Parkey, a little double doink covered up for the fact the bears did the exact same thing where they let the Eagles go all the way down the field with eight to go and scored a fourth quarter fucking or fourth down touchdown on the two yard line to take the lead with 30 seconds to play. That's, that is the MO of this bears defense, whether it's John uh, Vic Fangio, whether it's Sean Desai, they've been doing this shit with Khalil Mack or without Khalil Mack. For it's, 10 it's not about the MO of the bears defense though. It's about the MO of the bears offense. That's, sure. that's the whole, problem and think about if you're a defensive player right and you have zero faith you know you're going to be on the field even if you get a third and out you get to sit on the bench for maybe a minute 30 seconds then you got to put your helmet back out and put your body on the line again you know two straight times if you're a defensive player coming down to it in eight minutes left to go you have zero faith and rightfully so zero faith your offense is going to win you the game i i have a feeling sometimes the defensive players might say look I have to take matters into my own hands and try to do too much and try to make a play and try to jump a route that leads to a coverage and try to do too much. And say, I gotta, we got to make a play on this side of the ball because we have zero faith that the other side of the ball is going to do it. And again, that trend, yes, like it. you Dude. could look at it in the sense that the defense just doesn't know how to close. I mean, that's possible. Yeah, they don't. But they don't. I think it's less, that, that explanation, that that I, to me, it makes much, le- much less sense than – Look, it's actually because the offense ca- cannot stay on the field and you're tired as hell in the fourth quarter of the game. You have zero faith that they're going to do it for you. And this happens every single week. I mean, Name it's the four like wins. I, I, I'd love to uh, let's go through the four wins of this football team. They beat the Lions twice. Right. Yep. And then they beat the early Bengals on the Raiders. The they beat the Raiders, which was a, a little bit more of uh, 20 to nine. What was it, 20 to 9? Yeah. And then what was the other win? Bengals. 20 Which to 17. Which was the defense one, that, but again, almost lost that game like down the line. But uh, but let, let, let's look at that. You know, this is the thing. Maybe you could say that only about the Bengals game. But rarely is the headline, Bears defense guts it. Bears defense carries team to victory. Meaning they do a good job of keeping them in, but they're not closers. They're just not. And maybe that's not the way the NFLs work. I can't think of too many defenses that you try. Exactly. Look at the Rams on Sunday night. They get blown out. They get blown out now three weeks in a row, and they got the best defensive players in football. Yep. But it's like, so maybe it's maybe it's back to your original point that this is an offensive game now. And the offenses can't yep. be held to you have to you have to beat them 27 to you have to score 27 points. Yes. It doesn't if the Bears are giving up 23, they're the best in the business, but that's not. That's not, this isn't the eighties anymore. You yes. can't give up nine points and, and, or, you know, score nine points and decide to win. You can't win nine to three. So I, maybe that's it. I just, I, I wonder if it's a little bit of like, you know, at a certain point you'd like to see an Eddie Jackson or, a, or a Jalen Johnson do a Charles Tillman and rip the ball away from Randy Moss when it counts. 
And that's the kind of stuff you don't, I don't see gamer shit out of this team. Khalil Mack's the only one that I have seen play gamer football. Robert Quinn has played gamer football as of recent. I, think. I don't think and Roquan Smith. And okay. Roquan. I will, I, 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 again, I will, I'll make an argument against Robert Quinn. He's Robert hustled, Quinn. man. He's, he, he's playing hard. I gotta get, you gotta give him that. He's going after the yeah, ball too. When as, he as the guy who writes for, writes these uh, su- summaries for, uh, I was watching the Ravens game and, mm-hmm. and he had two and a half sacks before the first quarter ended. Yeah. He ended with two and a half sacks, meaning they, he Terry, he's a he's a great first half guy. He he disrupted the shit out of the Browns. He has not shown up in the second half. That's fine. That's just all bears. The same with Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is an amazing player, Pro Bowl level, making plays all over the place. But as a, I think it was Tony Romo said in that Ravens game, it's probably not a great thing that Roquan Smith is getting all these tackles because he's bust. That means that the runner is busting through the defensive line. It's the Brian Urlacher problem where it was like Urlacher was getting all these tackles, but that's because they were getting four yards right. before Roquan, before they even touched him, you know, and that's, and that's a, that's a prop. So Roquan, who has been great is also a guy who I've seen trailing plays and fucking up in the last in the fourth quarter in that Ravens game and that 49ers game. We don't mention that either. The 49ers, we had them beat too. When, when Justin Fields rolled out and made that explosive play in the fourth quarter to on that fourth, that was a fourth down, wasn't it? where he rolled out the other way and then he scored the touchdown. That yes, was an amazing right. play. That gave the Bears the lead. It took yeah. the 49ers 30 seconds. Oh, Niners. Yeah, Niners. It took the 49ers 30 seconds to roll down, <laughs> to go down the field and beat the Bears. It was like they weren't even concerned about it. They ran it right down their throat. And then the Ravens with a backup quarterback did the same thing. So there's something on the Bears defense where none of these uh, offenses that are coming into Soldier Field are, are, are afraid of the Bears. And so they're they're with with two minutes to go. Maybe it is a confidence thing where the offense is like, we can score on this crew. Not even well, it's a confidence thing, but honestly, most of the time you see, or not most of the time, but a lot of time you see teams, you want to see a team put somebody away, you want to really end the game, you get the takeaway, right? You, yeah. you it's it's the interception. I mean, how many times have we seen this where you know we have a chance now to go down the field and maybe score on the Packers and potentially win the game? You have zero faith that's going to happen. And it always ends in some sort of interception by Green Bay. Yep. Game over. You lose. You feel terrible about yourself. So Jay the problem Culler. is, exactly, Jay Culler, you know, Trubisky did a number of times. They don't They don't get turnovers in crucial moments. No, they don't. That's the they problem. Don't. That's the right. problem. I'm telling you, this game is built around turnovers and takeaways. That's the, the best teams in the league get the most takeaways. The worst teams in the league get the least takeaways. That's how it works. Bears, I think, are 24th in takeaways right now. Lost your mic, buddy. Your mic just shut down. So let's make sure you get that back, or I'm gonna be solo for the next ten minutes. You got me, you got me now. There you go. <laughs> where, where where did I uh where did I? You're, you're in the middle of the your your hysterics. Your your hands were floating all over the place. Typical me. Um, I think I was talking about takeaways. Uh, you know, God, you got you got me you got me juiced up. Well, that's a good point. I mean, I I look back to one of probably the one of the most fun defensive games we ever watched with and, and it was i think it was matt Nagy's first game was it would have been uh, with Cleo yes, Mack, against, with yes Mack? against the packers yes that yes. was matt, matt Nagy's first game the cleo mac just yes. wreaked havoc and roquan smith came in in the second quarter and got a big sack his first sack of his i think it was his first play he got Career. a sack yeah. and if you remember correctly there was a play at the end of that game we lost that game people forget that that was one of the losses of that 12 and 4 team because Kyle Fuller had that dropped ball it. in his fucking hands dropped and it. dropped it. And then the Packers, the next play or two plays later, scored a touchdown to win the game. 
And it's like, so they've been doing this shit for a while, man. This exactly. is not, this is, this is, I, I don't know why it's not called out more, but the Bears MO is they break down in the fourth quarter and don't make the plays. And I don't know why I, they did it in the playoff game in 2018. They did it in that Packer game. They've done it all in all of Nagy's tenure. And even before that, John Fox, they do that shit too. Wonder Vic Fangio. And there was a couple years before that 2018 year where we're like, Fangio does a good bend, not break, but they don't turn the ball over and they get beat in the fourth quarter every time. Right. So I don't know. I'm, it probably has everything to do with the fact that the offense can't score. It has, it has to. to. I mean, it has to be. But let's not pretend that this is a this is the you know Erlocker Briggs uh, Ottawa Gunlia defense. It's not. It's not a great defense. It's a defense that makes a lot of mistakes in the secondary, and the blown coverages have been uh, awful. Watching Matt Stafford against the bears watching him throw whatever he threw 350 yard whatever it was and watching how great he was everyone thought the rams are going to super bowl but now the rams start playing actual good competition and defenses that know how to do it and matt stafford looks like he looked when the lions were three and 13. and that's what kills me and makes me so mad about watching the bears blow coverages and give uh matt stafford all of the the glory he's not a great quarterback he never has been Oh, and he's a great quarterback. No, he's not a great quarterback. I will yes, fight to death. He is not a great quarterback. You watch the last three Rams games, and the NFL has figured his ass out again. And he's good. He loves to put up garbage yards when it's when they're down 12 points. That is true. He is the he's king. not a killer. He's not a cold-blooded killer. No. And he's all I mean, you saw it in that game on um was it Sunday night? Who they lost to? The um they were terrible in that game. Against the Niners. I think that was on the No, the Monday. Niners beat blew him out the week before. This was Whoever they were playing this time, it was another big the Titans. Big team. Yeah, no, the Titans blew them out too, right? Yeah. Oh, a game that they won? No, the game this just this Sunday night they played, didn't they? Or Monday. Oh, night against or... the Packers. This was Yeah, the Packers. The Packers. That was like a, America's too, game man. of the week on like 4:30 yeah. or whatever. But my point, my point being, watching Matt Stafford in that game, you're like, he doesn't look right. He's no. looking for the check down every single time. They kept saying it's Robert Woods. They're missing Robert Woods. I'm like, he ain't even trying to find anybody until right. that game was out of hand and he's throwing up the bombs to Odell Beckham. And and the point being, that's uh, my point back to the Bears is the Bears need to do that to opposing quarterbacks. They need to make Matt Stafford look bad. They don't. They haven't this year. All the quarterbacks have looked good against the Bears. So I don't have a lot of optimism that they're going to go out and make Kyler Murray look bad. I just don't. Oh, I don't. I don't have it either. But again, like a lot of that comes from the fact that you got to make them uncomfortable. You got to make them uncomfortable. How are you going to do that? How are you going to make them uncomfortable? How are you going to do that? Right? You're going to provide pressure. And the thing about turnovers and interceptions and you know evaluating cornerbacks is a lot of that is opportunistic as hell. Trayvon Diggs has not been a good coverage quarterback this week. This Nobody year, gets it. Yeah, but he's getting interceptions. Why? Yeah. Because pressure's getting there. Quarterback's forced to make a bad throw. Trayvon Diggs is there. He's a good ball. He's a, he's a good ball player. He he goes after the ball. He's good at ball hawking. He's like Eddie Jackson type. Maybe yeah. maybe people haven't understood the connection between why Eddie Jackson's numbers have went down versus – I wonder – I want to see that correlate. I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to put together a correlation between Eddie Jackson's interceptions in, in 2018 and, sent, and 20, in 2017 when he was getting other takeaways as well, and then the pressure rates from those two years – Versus the pressure rates from 2019 to 2021, where he's had, you know, three interceptions over the course of, of three does years. He has an interception this year. I don't know if he does. I don't. I don't think he does. But again, do, like Eddie Jackson, paying him a lot of money, man. Yeah, you're paying him a lot of money. But what are you paying him a lot of money to do? You have to, the thing you have to understand as well is you don't play like certain players. You pay them just to be a good player. Certain players you pay them because they have a certain skill at something. 
Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill is a really good football player, yeah. but you pay him a heck of a lot of money because he's fast as shit, right? Yeah, that's you know, why you pay I mean, him so much money. He also, I mean, that, that's a but here's makes me so mad about Matt Nagy and the quarterbacks and even Justin Fields to an extent, although I'll give him credit because he's a rookie. But to watch the Chiefs, to watch his Chiefs game, or Packers, Packers do it too. Aaron Rodgers is amazing. They are able to get Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill, who everybody knows the ball is going to yeah. open. And not like Bears open where it's a like a struggle to yeah. get the ball there and he's got to fight off the corner. You're talking about these awesome little – they showed it, I think, with Devontae Adams in that game the where – Yeah, he, he goes in motion, but then he steps – one way before he does his route to the right. And it just Mm -hmm. gives him a yard of space and the ball is right there and he's in stride already. And I'm like, that's the kind of stuff. Maybe that's the quarterback. Maybe that's the scheme. Maybe that's what the quarterback saw at the line, whatever it is. Yeah. That's not happening in Chicago. No. And it doesn't happen ever. You never see anybody open unless it's like a busted coverage. And that is a problem. Let's talk about the offense. That's the problem that even in Detroit, you're like, it gets one of the worst defenses in football. They couldn't get separation. They didn't look mm-hmm. like they were like it was a lot of like really tough throws that were made. And 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 you know, I give him a lot of credit that last drive. They fit Matt Nagy, I'll give him credit in the fact that he figured it out. He figured out I can't give the ball back to my defense. <laughs> I can't like we'll, we'll lose the game if we do that. Finally. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold uh for eight and a half minutes. And luckily the uh, Lions shit the bet on that. That's but terrible. but you know, that's the that's the thing that you don't see. And I don't see Andy Dalton doing that. That's the thing. Like, you want to say it's a rookie thing. But I, I don't see Andy Dalton uh, deciphering a blitz and no. being able to get the ball to the wide open guy where he's supposed to be. You never he's, It's always the same kind of thing where he's throwing it into space and, and we're hoping it's not picked off. So I don't know. There's something about scheme, man. There's something there. Yeah, yeah there's, both there's sides of the ball that's not yes. right. This team is not right. We can act if the Bears go in and beat the Cardinals and and beat the packers and they end up being six and seven then we can then i guess we can talk right i mean you put yourself in this of course situation. you could talk and well that's what and that's why like you'll uh, be under 500 it, 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 yeah yeah but you'd probably be in the playoffs i mean both those games you'd probably be in the seventh seed. you want to but you're such a homer in that i don't care what do you I don't mean i don't what do you mean eight, eight bears to be in the playoffs yes you last did. year was awful don't lie to yourself awful. We were joking around the entire time about how awful it was. You were joking have, around, but you got like excited. You got excited to watch the game. You got did excited you, to watch it. Did it feel like a playoff game to you? No, because no, but the, I, it was a playoff game. I guess it was a playoff game. I don't They're know, man. You get, you, that sounds like very Jacksonville. We what made does it. that mean. We made it. We made it to the playoffs. That's not realistic though, because they it hadn't been a long time since they made it. If it had been forty-seven years, yeah, that makes sense. It was three years. Yeah. Three years. I don't, and yeah, they if got you're looking at you are if you are a National Football League, this is what you sh- on this podcast. You should get other people who do other podcasts, mm-hmm. like to do podcasts for other teams to evaluate what they think of the Chicago Bears. Because right now, I would if I were looking at the graphics they throw up on Fox and it says in the hunt, Washington, <laughs> it's a fucking joke. Uh, the Vikings, fucking joke. Uh, and the Bears, Giants. All the Eagles are all jokes. And I'm like, so if the Bears snuck in on a joke, I'm like, that still, you're fired. Like, this is not, we should not be four and seven at the 11th, 12th week of the season. It's, it's, well, yeah. It's, 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 and that's why, Justin, at this point, again, 
And I've said this last week and weeks before, it doesn't matter anymore. Wins aren't saving Nagy's job. He's gone, whatever. So why the hell wouldn't you just root for a win? Why the hell wouldn't you just watch Maybe. it to see? It? He's gone. It doesn't matter. I already made the allusion to Justin Fields and him being here for five more years. And Nagy, that's not realistic for him to be here with Justin for that long. So it makes zero sense. It, it yeah, it's sure, right. Yeah. So why, why the hell not? Why the hell not root for a win? Right. I mean, what do you got to lose at this point? I mean, it's not nothing saving his job and, like can we just, shit. Can we just watch is, red zone? Yeah, I, yeah, shit. Why not? But this is why I say Bears fans are brainwashed too, Justin, is because you're gonna yeah. sit your ass in front of the TV and watch it. You yeah, are. are I, 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 know. I, I don't want to. I don't. I mean exactly. Is, and this is this is hey, what I, Nagy's done to me, where I'm a, a hardcore Bears fan of the uh, I love him my entire life. I have memories of watching the 85 Bears. And when you get a bad coach towards the end of his you know, this happened with Dick Duran. It happened with John Fox. It happened with the, you know, everyone in between, except for Lovey. Right. Um, you didn't want to watch the Bears anymore. You just got sick of it. That's kind of so. where we're at. That's kind of so, where we're right, at. What, what, do you, what do you got as a score then? Let's wrap this up. What's, all right. what, you think I they're going to beat the Cardinals? I got quick hits. Real quick hits, okay, for, you know, running through some stats real quick. The under uh, is 11-3 and three in the Cardinals' last 14 road games. i I think that's really interesting. It is important to notice that this game is in Chicago, cold weather football against a West Coast team. That will factor into it to a certain extent. Um, Arizona has the best third down defense in the NFL. Random stats here. I, I find it interesting that in, in the two games that uh, that Kyler Murray threw two interceptions, they won barely against Minnesota 34-33, and they lost to Green Bay 24-21. So, again, we talk about those takeaways. Uh, Arizona has the best defense in the league against tight ends. So, honestly, don't come here and, and yell at us and yell at Matt Nagy for not throwing to tight ends because this is the best defense in the NFL in tight good end coverage. They got, um, they got, like, really good linebackers on the Cardinals. Yes, they, they have real good linebackers. And, and like you mentioned, they play really fast, and that's what helps about covering tight ends. They're also their defense is along the third least rushing touchdowns in the league to opponents in the red zone. So look for them to not run in the ball in the red zone. If Matt Nagy does his homework, he'll know not to run it into their teeth. Try to take a one-on-one with Jimmy Graham. Try to take a one-on-one with Allen Robinson. All that being said, they're not going to win the game. I I, I can't pick I, – I, I am in no place to pick them to win. Um, I, and spread? again, the spread is eight. And I would take this – I'll take the Bears on the spread because I think they'll keep it close. And like I mentioned, cold weather December game in Chicago, it's going to be ugly. It'll probably be 17 to 13. Uh, that's probably what I'll go with. I'll go with seven – actually, I'll go with 17 to 15. For some reason, that that feels right to me. Uh, Kyler coming off injury, I could be completely wrong. I I just don't think they're going to come out throwing it 80 yards to DeAndre. DeAndre Hopkins coming off injury too. And their offense was, you know, not prolific without him. So They won three games with Colt McCoy or some shit. (laughs) <laughs> they won like one. They won like two games with Colt McCoy, and then they got. Yeah, well, that's. What, I mean, it's out. so the, the Bears at Colt McCoy would be a disaster. But the Bears of Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton starts, I think it's a blowout. If Justin Fields starts, right, I think right, right, right. Blowout, but I think it'll be more interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep our eye on it. Uh, hopefully, maybe they pull up the miracle and we're singing the praise. Put the Jenkins kid in, man. I want to see that kid play. Yeah, that's true. If it, if they go down big, put Jenkins in. Put him no, at left tackle. Put him in now. Who gives a no, shit? No, don't put him on now. Jason you can't Peter. risk it. You can't oh, risk yeah. a back injury. You yeah, know, he's, he's come on. He's healthy, right? He's practicing. Yeah, yeah. He's quote he's unquote healthy. healthy. He's quote unquote healthy. He's not healthy. He can play, but he shouldn't. There's a difference between can and should. I don't know, man. So, um, let's play. Paris Cardinals eight spread Sunday noon. Hopefully, it's something worth watching, but it definitely won't. Uh, yeah. So next week, Monday, Jake is back. Um, awesome. But Justin was the man today, Phyllis. So I appreciate it.
All right, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Go Bears. Yes, sir. We'll see you next week. As always, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. Bear down. Bear down. Yeah.